Oi, tudo bem? This is Brazuca Sounds, hosted and produced by Leandro Vignoli. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to Brazuca Sounds number 20. Send me a message if you can. I'm at Instagram, just like the name of the show, Brazuca Sounds. And during this entire year of 2021, I've been doing some special on an album released 50 years ago in 1971. And that's going to be the case of this episode of today. We're going to talk about George Ben's O Negro É Lindo, released by Philips in November. It was the eighth George Ben's album. He was not a young guy to sing anymore. George Ben's already a famous artist in Brazil. And this album pretty much ends his second phase, uh, what people would describe later as Samba Rock or Samba Balanço, and despite the fact it's not one of his most famous and popular albums, is one of my favorites. So let's go! O Negro É Lindo, Jorge Ben. So in 1969, George Ben re-signed to Philips after a four-year leave from the label due to creative differences. And on these three records that he ended up recording again, for Philips, it features songs performed with the trio Mokotó as his backing band. Negro Lindo is the third and the final of the bunch. Ben had met the vocal percussion group uh, while living and touring in the nightclub circuit of São Paulo in the late 60s, even sharing a house with Erasmo Carlos at the time. So this record is pretty much a fusion of Trio Mokotó's groove and Jorge Ben's more rockish guitar in some way and proved to be a very distinctive feature what critics and musicians will later call samba rock, a type of samba more fast speed, and despite the fact George Ben was still playing his acoustic guitar, he was really using his guitar in a different way, later on he will switch to the electric guitar in his career, and a very good example of this samba rock style it is this opening song right here, which is not a samba, neither rock, but you can dance like the world was ending. And just like in his two previous albums, 
recorder with the trio Mokotá, Women Are Central Figures and George Ben's lyrics, Rita Jeep, this opening track is one of the six songs in the record that he sings about a female. This opening track, by the way, is named after Rita Lee, who was part of the Os Mutantes at the time. Uh, often, uh, George Ben will take a ride in Rita Lee's car, a Jeep, hence Rita Jeep, classic example of this kind of new samba rock style that George Ben was playing at the time. Acordei com uma vontade de saber como eu ia. This is the second track, Proibido Pisar na Grama, Forbidden to Step on the Grass, like a George Ben trademark lyric without like much sense at all, is mostly a collage of sentences, really, almost like a to-do list of stuff that he needed to do. Like, for instance, he needs to send a postcard to friend living abroad, he needs to talk to that girl dressed in pink, he needs to see his football team winning the championship, and obviously, he needs urgently to know why is it forbidden to step on the grass? Preciso saber urgentemente por que é proibido pisar na grama. Por que é proibido pisar na grama? Por que é proibido pisar na grama? But this particular song, it is like a representation of the contribution of the maestro Artur Verocai, especially when you listen to this very heavy string arrangements orchestrated very prominent in this particular song, É Proibido Pisar na Grama. Obviously, Artur Verocai will release his magnum opus record just a year later, which was largely ignored in Brazil and actually led Verocai to stop composing music for 30 years. But anyway, Verocai was only 25 years old when he arranged this songs for George Ben here, way ahead of its time. And the presence of Verokai in these records is what it sets apart from the two previous albums recorded with the trio Mokoto. There's way more string arrangements, especially in this particular record, O Negro é Lindo. Up until that point, of course, George Ben used string arrangements before, here and there. But this particular one is, in my opinion, the album where the string arrangements have a very prominent part in the entire production of the album. Preciso saber urgentemente Por que é proibido pisar na grama 
Just like in the next song in the record, for instance, which has a very, very heavy string arrangements, also arranged by Arturo Verocai, it is the song Cassius Marcellus Clay. Obviously, this song is inspired and it's kind of a tribute to Muhammad Ali, which was born uh, Cassius Marcellus Clay, and is really like George Ben showing what he was all about in this record. The name of this record in Portuguese is Black is Beautiful, right? Inspired by that black movement coming from the USA. So many songs in these records, they make references to the black youth or even talking about these uh, prominent figures in the black culture. Salve Mohamed Ali, salve white brother, salve King George and Ben describing him like as a superhero. He's like a successor of uh, Batman, Captain America, Superman. George uh, Ben sings in the song. He also sings like he has the groove of samba school and the pace of a football team. And in Brazil, if one is put on the same level of carnival and soccer, that means that person is really, really someone important. In spite of this string arrangements in the album, O Negro Lindo is really George Ben's guitar, which it's almost like a percussion touch directly taken from uh, black rhythms from Brazil and Africa, but also the ferocity of an electric guitar that he will explore later on his career, like I said before. It is very well known too that Tapajas, the producer, will just put George Ben by himself in the studio surrounded by many microphones so he could capture not only uh, George Ben's voice and acoustic guitar, but also his feet banging on the ground, also the guitar pick touching the strings. So he really wanted to use this technique to capture like these George Ben new percussion rhythms on his guitar. Despite the fact George Ben composed many lyrics and music for his entire career, he never actually arranged any other instrument than his own guitar. So everything else that you normally hear in George Ben's albums is normally produced and arranged by other people. And this is one of the two songs in the album written in partnership with Toquinho which is another master playing of the acoustic guitar. And by the way, too, the album 
was produced by Paulinho Tapajós, a very skilled acoustic guitar player himself. So it's not a coincidence this harmony is heavily centered around George Ben's melodies. Tapajós will produce many George Ben albums in the 70s after this one, including A Tabo de Esmeralda, Salto Pavão, Jorge Gil, many, many records, right? Negro é Lindo is far from being George Ben's most commercially successful album. There's not even like a big hit from this record, but overall, I really think it's a perfect record through and through kind of represents the end of an era, like his partnership with the Trio Mokota, for instance, and exactly because of it, I feel like it's more like a 3-4 album compared to his two previews with the Trio, and obviously more uh, free than his masterpiece, Tabo de Esmeralda, is released a couple years later without the Trio. Negro El Lindo is normally considered like a transitional album in his uh, discography, but to me it's kind of a starting point for his more experimental, more melancholic tunes, so to speak, as per this song in the background. Catano Veloso once said, right, in his autobiography that Jorge Ben never recorded any sad song, which might be the true, but this one, Cigana, which means the gypsy in Portuguese, is like very melancholic, to say the least, almost a little bit psychedelic song too. It's one of those gens really hidden in the enormous and big George Band discography. This is the song that finishes the side A of the long play of O Negro é Lindo. Uh, Zula is the name. It's a classic example of another samba rock song, very made to dance. It is also like a classic tune of this exaltation of the black pride 
without explicitly engaging in any political connotation in its lyrics. We were like in the heyday of the Brazilian dictatorship at the time. And if you guys remember in the episode about uh, the Black Rio movement here in the Brazuca Sounds, singer Tony Tornado was even arrested once by raising his fist and accused by the Brazilian soldiers of being part of the Black Panthers. So there was the time of many Brazilian artists were putting into jail because of their personal and political beliefs. So Jorge Ben is never like explicitly political and Zula is heavily influenced by the percussive African rhythms. Jorge Ben cleverly describes a certain black woman, Zula, as a queen of sorts, like how beautiful she is, how her tone of the skin is outstanding. And the dictator government was like so racist at the time that even the word repeatedly used by George Ben here as a term of endearment, nega, it was probably seen by the censors with some bad connotation, so it was okay to be used in the censors' minds. When George Ben is doing quite the contrary, right? Because among the black community, this uh, word nega was largely a good thing, uh, empowerment thing, and even today is a word used toward loved ones, like, I don't know, uh, baby in English, or bay, if you're part of the Generation Z, which is definitely not my case. But anyway, musically, is one of my favorite songs on the record, also a classic example of samba rock, set up for dancing together with your bay. Flipping the record, uh, O Negro É Lindo starts with a very different mood. So this is the self-titled track of the record. It has another great string arrangement by Arthur Verocai. Kind of a lounge ballad with a very cool uh, all-female backing vocals. And unfortunately there's no credits for any musician in this record. Not even the Trio Mokotó are credited in this album. Only George Ben, the producer, and the Arthur Verocai, the arranger. And as uh, its title suggests, Negro é Lindo, like I said, Black is Beautiful, it is a very political record, but not explicitly, right? It's really more like exaltation of all these black man qualities. Black is beautiful, black is love, black is a friend, and black is also a son of God, 
according to the George Benz lyrics for this song. And like, interesting enough, this record was released in 1971, exactly the year that a black movement established in Porto Alegre, in south of Brazil, the city that I'm originally from. Uh, this black movement started a petition in order to create O Dia da Consciência Negra, a Black Conscious Day, on November 20th, like the date of passing of Zumbi, a very famous black leader who fought slavery in Brazil a few generations back. And George Ben, by the way, wrote an entire song about Zumbi in the record A Tabo de Esmeraldas, recorded after this one. So his connection with the black movement did not stop on this record here. He will continue to do so for a big chunk of his career later on. But anyway, about the Black Conscious Day, the Dia da Consciência Negra, it has always been a non-official date since then, since 1971, until 2011, during Dilma's Rousseff presidency, when it finally became recognized an official holiday. It's not a federal holiday, though. Instead, it's like more like a state holiday in Rio Grande do Sul, Rio de Janeiro, and five other states in Brazil. Also a municipal holiday in many cities as well, including Sao Paulo. You see, right, how these things in Brazil, they, they move very, very slowly. Since the 70s, it was like a reivindication by the black movement in only 2011 was recognized, which is more or less uh, similar to the Juneteenth in the United States, with the difference in Brazil is celebrated, like I said, in November. Next song here, Comanche, to me, it is the song where it's more prominent the presence of Trio Mocotó. You really can feel especially the drum of João Paraíba in this particular song. This song is actually even named after Paraíba's nickname, Comanche, in reference to the North American indigenous tribes. Like, Paraíba normally had his hair very long with a bandana on it. So the song really feels like a tribute to the percussionists. And unfortunately, like I said earlier, the musicians are not really credited for this album, so we don't know who recorded this fabulous trumpet line heard in the song. It's mostly like the trio Mokoto swinging the groove, George Ben and his like polyrhythm guitar. And on the background of the song, we really have like this, this trumpet, or maybe it's a flugelhorn, together with a clavinet, dueling magically during the entire song. One of my favorite songs on the album, for sure. Pois enquanto existe Deus no céu, o urubu não come folha. Enquanto existe Deus no céu, eu vou cantando gente boa. Minha mãe me chama, mãe me chama. Machi, minha mãe me chama. Machi, la 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 la
está chovendo Mas assim mesmo eu vou correndo Só pra ver o meu amor Meu amor Pois ela vem toda de branco So as you can notice, the record has this like back and forth of moods, like sometimes it's more like upbeat, sometimes it's more like lounge ballads. This is probably the most recognizable song of the album. It's called Que Maravilha. It is the second partnership with Toquinho present on this record here. This song was recorded many, many times by many different artists in Brazil, including Jorge Ben and Toquinho themselves when the song was originally released in 1969 as a single with totally different arrangements. Almost every cover of this song has really more upbeat sounds, but what we can hear in this album here is like a ballad for like a smoky bar on a lonely night. Maravilha, what wonderful. And it's almost like in some way he's describing a dream, like a wishful thinking, really. Something like that there's a really a discrepancy of humor between the lyrics and the arrangements. He's really describing a certain woman he has very much attraction towards to, but they are not really together. So that's my impression. He's really describing more like a daydream of him crush, like the youngsters would say. It is also more jazzy song than Jorge Ben ever recorded, and it's absolute classic of his discography. Ela vem chegando de branco, meiga pura linda e muito tímida. Com a chuva molhando seu lindo corpo, que eu vou abraçar. E a gente no meio da rua do mundo, no meio da chuva, a girar.
And then on this next song, Maria Dominguez, it's one more classic example of the vivid partnership of Jorge Ben and the trio Mocotó. It's kind of hard to imagine the same kind of melodies uh, without the trio present in the three albums they recorded together, plus the live albums. So, like I said in the beginning of the episode, Trio Mokotá used to perform constantly in the nightclub circuit in São Paulo, and that is where Jorge Ben met them in the first place. The band members were Fritz Escovão, who played the cuica, Nereu, who plays the tambourine, and João Paraíba, the percussion, which is a very unusual setup more like a proper samba crew, cuica, tamborim, and percussion. And that's what kind of made perfect the fusion with George Ben, which is like a masterclass uh, guitar player. And like I said, after they broke up with George Ben, Trio Mokotó released four albums in the 70s, which, by the way, they are very good. In 1971, they put out a record, even including two songs written by George Ben, a version of Maria Domingas, the song in the background. Just for some Brazilian contest here, or some Portuguese Latins, Mocotó, this word, if you don't know, it is a Brazilian and Portuguese dish made of cow's feet, tripes, and stew with vegetables, and it's heavily consumed during the winter time. It's not my favorite kind of dish, to be honest. But the name of the trio has nothing to do with the dish per se, yes and no, because like back in the 60s, many men would use this word, mokotó, as a slang for the female knee as like the miniskirts were like now trending as a fashion item in Brazil and also worldwide and as the trio was always talking about the beautiful girl in the clubs and they're like exposed mocotas meaning the knees they began to be informally called the trio mocotó since they apparently had a very obsession with that part of the body So this is the last song in the album, it's also a reference to a female, Palomares, and the melody with the guitar throughout the song is kind of a trademark that will be adopted by many, many samba rock artists after Jorge Ben has kind of created this style, this 
Especially Bad Beto, he will really use those in his guitar. And Palomares is actually one of the more obscure tracks on Jorge Ben catalog. Trio Mokoto also recorded the song later in their 1973 album with a very different uh, arrangement. After this record, Jorge Ben and Trio Mokoto will grow apart. And according to many interviews of the Trio Mokoto, many years later in the 2000s when they came back together, the separation was not very amicable. Jorge Ben will never even refer to them by name, even if they had like a like I said during the entire podcast, a big contribution on this new style called Samba Rock. George Ben has like a very big catalog and has always been a very mystic figure in the Brazilian music. Like, George Ben insists up to this day that he was born in 1945, when there are many documents kind of proving otherwise that he was actually born in 1939, meaning he insists that he's six years younger than he is. And that will mean Jorge Ben today is 82 years old. And this is the end of Brazuca Sound number 20, people. That was O Negro É Lindo by Jorge Ben in its entirety, his record of 1971, completing 50 years. If you have anything to say, any feedbacks or criticism, send me a message through Instagram. I'm at Brazuca Sounds, just like the name of the show. Until next time. Take care over there. This was Brazuca Sounds with Leandro Vignoli. Thank you for listening and see you next time. Bye.